a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors. Brought to you by Bear River Lodge. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. KSL Outdoors with Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back. Nice to have you with us this morning. Uh, Navi will jump back in here in a minute. We'll get your fish bites for this week. He's anxious to tell us about his experience on the water. And finally going to divulge where they were headed last week. He never likes to tell us ahead of time. But we'll find out where they were for the uh, float tubing class and learn a little bit more about uh, tactics if you want to give it a try. Sounds like it's a great time of year to be doing it. Uh, Bob Grove has stepped in a little early today. First of all, Bob, thank you. You bet. It's great to be here. We'll do a little road tripping in the next half hour and look forward to that. You suggested that we uh, connect this morning with uh, Mark Smoot, who is the president of the Garden City Chamber of Commerce. You guys were up there, both you and Mark, not long ago, right? Yeah, we were up there towards the end of September, and Mark was our guide who took us around with a group of others from the uh, Bear Lake area on some trails that we had never been on before. And you know, Mark has an adventure business there in town as well as a few vacation rentals. So I figured it'd be good to have someone on that's local who can give us more of a local spin on the things to do and uh, insights of the Bear Lake area. Well, we've been getting uh, some snow reports this morning. Navi's been up in the uh, Weber Canyon area. Russ was up in Spokane, said it was just rain there. I'm sure Roger Eggett, when he joins us later this morning, will have a full report from where he is at the cabins up in Christmas Meadows. Uh, but, Mark, before we jump into more of a conversation, what's the snow been like where you are? Um, we've had pretty good steady snow the last few days up Franklin Basin, Beaver Creek, and right up the back ridge line of Bear Lake. Uh, seen pictures of over 18 to 24 inches of snow up in the higher elevations with just, you know, a little bit as it diminishes as you get lower in elevation. But, yeah, great start to the season. Bob, I think you guys, not quite far as far south as you are, but uh, around Beaver and that area, they were talking two feet of snow even there. Yeah, you know, Brian had an Eagle Point or two ski resorts down here in the southern part of the state got a great amount of snow. I mean, they've got, you know, nearly two feet of snow from this last system that went through. And so, yeah, it's 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 looking good and, and early. So I think we're going to have an, a good start to the season if it keeps coming. It's going to be a great base for all of our resorts with uh, more coming. Looks like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday next week. What is this time of year like for you guys up there in Garden City, Mark? You know, it's a transition period, but we've just had an absolutely gorgeous fall time that we were able to get out and enjoy the leaves and just some vibrant colors and trails, but uh, it's a little quiet right now as we begin to prep for uh, our winter season that uh, hopefully we have a good 
good holiday season kickoff here in the next uh, month or so. Most people probably think of uh, Bear Lake more for summer activities, I'm going to guess. Yeah, it 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 has been traditionally and even has a little bit of a reputation that July and August are our only months to get up and enjoy the lake. Well, it's, you know, we definitely have some hidden secrets up here that uh, um, we're continuing to explore, but our UTV trails, our single track hiking trails, and people are beginning to appreciate the, the quick ventures that we can have in some backcountry trails pretty quick from just right down at the lake level so it's it's kind of nice well that's what road tripping with bob and mark is all about bob is uh identifying some of these little known secret spots it is you know and i you know i used to spend a lot of time up there when i lived in the salt lake area but you know from down here i don't get up there that often and so it was a real treat for us to get up there and and i was you know i kind of suspected they'd have some of these some great uh ohv trails because i've done some snowmobiling up there and the it was one of the best days i've ever had snowmobiling in the mountains there and so i kind of suspected to have some great trails but it it was even better than i had hoped for and you know when you're up on those hills and you can see that blue water in the distance of bear lake it's just a phenomenal scene the caribbean of the rockies they call it mark <laughs> yeah we trying to develop that brand name but it truly it truly is a magic uh a lake that's very unique to the rocky mountains and the uh some of the local biologists and that tell us about the calcium carp i'm going to get this wrong but the mineral base that's within that lake um just lights it up and you get those those sunny days and it's it's just absolutely gorgeous of course our temperatures aren't quite as much uh, as preferred as as the Caribbean, but uh, the beauty of it offsets that, and the crisp and clean nature of that lake is just awesome for us. So, yeah, I grew up in Pocatello, Idaho, and uh, for those that don't know the area, it is right on the Idaho Utah border. I think I came down this way as much as I go up from from Salt Lake City when I was a kid. We'd come down on a regular basis. Do you get more from Idaho or the Utah side? You know, it's 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 a good split. Uh, half the lake does sit about. It's almost split right in half. Uh, sits on the, you know, the just that southern border of Idaho, and we get a good gathering of folks that come and enjoy the North Beach areas of the lake. Beautiful beach lines up there with a shallow uh, approach into the lake, so it's great for families, and it 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 does get real crowded. But you know, as we continue south into the Utah arena, it. Uh, our state parks has done a phenomenal job with our marina and we continue and we're getting a big expansion here in the next year or two. And, and, uh, with the South end at rendezvous, just some great facilities. And we're working on continuing to enhance our public beach access along the West side, uh, as well as the East side. So it's, it's just a, it's a pretty good mix of folks that come from North and South. Yeah. As the president of the chamber up there in Garden City, I would imagine, particularly this time of year, one of your annual discussions, and maybe it's been more than that, is to find a way to continue to attract people up there in the uh, winter months so that uh, those businesses can stay active and stay thriving. Yeah, it, it. I mean, that's definitely one of our goals. We have over 115 independent small business owners that uh, put their, you know, 
sweat and blood and tears into these businesses. And as we continue to develop our second, third season, fall and winter time, it's, it just, it just continues to create greater viability for, for these business owners. And, you know, that's, that's the amazing thing is we have the outdoor resources that we continue to work with government agencies from our forest service to, uh, state of Utah and some of their assets that they're helping as we develop trails and other things. It, it is, it is definitely a service. And, you know, as a chamber of commerce, we sponsor a couple of events uh, in the winter time that have got some great traction to them. Our, our Bear Lake monster winter fest, which will be the last weekend in January. Uh, we had over 300 jumpers that braved the coldness of the lake. Including the mayor, people. I think, right? <laughs> the mayor, and we had several <laughs> legislators, the county commissioners, and anyone we can convince to go in. And it's everyone dresses up in costumes. It's just a great event. And, you know, our newest one is a ski joint event that we do, which is a new sport. Uh, it's around the country, but we uh, combine the, the uh, beauty of horses and and our ranching community that there is there in Rich and Bear Lake counties and put some adventurous skiers behind it through a quarter mile track and uh, see who can make it to the end over some jumps and around some cones. It's a it's a fast growing just fun event and that'll be over uh, President's Day weekend this year. And so it's just you know putting on those events and continuing to do things that will help people. Uh, understand the options that exist at at bear lake in in the winter time as well as in the fall so bob you, you crowds go away yeah so anyway, yeah bob you know this that old cisco disco uh that uh mark was just talking about happens the end of january has become <laughs> quite a uh, a rite of passage i think from the coldest months of the winter into a little bit more moderate temperatures in february and, and uh, march yeah, that that's that's become a very a great tradition, an annual event, a uh, great gathering up there for that. I mean, I hear it on, I think Adam talks about it on his show on uh, KSL Outdoors, and and uh, so that, that's probably one of the first things I think of during the winter months at the Bear Lake area is that because it's been a tradition for so many years now. Yeah, tell me a little bit more about uh, your adventure business up there, Mark, and and uh, how people might find out more about it. Well, we run a company called Epic Recreation that uh, full-service year-round opportunities from motorized to non-motorized, an asset base from boats to jet skis to stand-up paddle boards. We have four locations on the lake and one that services also our UTV and and, uh, bike uh, rentals. But it's uh, we've been in business since 2012, so around just past our 10-year anniversary and it's uh, been able to, my oldest son runs that business for us with some great, great uh, staff with him. But it's fun just to, again, help people enjoy this beauty. And on a year-round basis, we run snowmobiles. A, a new kind of exciting thing we have that just came online last year was some service permits with the Forest Service um, for some grooming up right up at the summit there at the Overlook. Uh, where we're going to be running, uh, we've got grooming equipment, and we're doing this through the Bear Lake Trails Foundation and the Extra Mile Charitable Foundation to have a grooming program for fat tire mountain bikes uh, in the winter. And if you put a little electric bike in that, it makes it a little easier, which yeah. we rent as well. And, you know, for cross-country ski, a uh, ski course and, and snowshoe trails and 
beautiful overlooks back over that lake. So that's that's an exciting new option for people that'll be this this winter and we'll have a full year of it. So was that, that just, the secret I wasn't supposed to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, you that new grooming. I actually I'm very excited about that, Mark, because those views from up there and if you're on that snow that that pristine snow, it's gonna be phenomenal. Yeah. I mean our snowmobiling is and I know others will argue theirs, but we snowmobiled all over the western US and it is a great, I mean, those unique large sinks areas that are at the top of the canyon that roll over into Cache County, but it, uh great for beginner snowmobilers that just want to get out and play with their family to within several miles to be in a, a big backcountry type scene is, is just phenomenal. Yeah. And, well, so, I'm, I'm on the website. It's GardenCityUT.us, uh, and it says, Welcome to Garden City, Utah, where families play. Tell uh, people where to find your adventure company online. You can find us at EpicRecreation.net. We also have a resort up there called Sunrise Resort and Event Center that we do a lot of corporate fun getaways and family getaways. But uh, you can find that at MyEpicGetaways.com. So. Anyway. Mark Smoot, thank you so much. It's a pleasure getting to know you. You're welcome. Have a great day. Take a break. We've got uh, Fish Bites coming up next. Don't go away. More of KSL Outdoors in just a minute. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, let me tell you a story about a little fella. Black and blue with a hand of yellow. The blue gill boogie. Yeah, the blue gill boogie. When the bass ain't biting and the trout are gone, try the bluegill boogie. You can't go wrong. Easy. I don't think they were going after bluegill last week. And, uh, you know, this is this is the guy that always says no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothes. I hope all of your float tubers had good clothes. You know, it was a factor and a non-factor for him, I got to tell you. But, yeah, we're, we're trout fishing. The bluegill are gone for sure. Yeah. Um, we were We went up to Trial Lake. And by the way, in case you're wondering what fish bites, I'm going to talk float tubing for the first time. I've never talked specifically about fishing from a pontoon or a float tube. I just was fishing a lake generally. I'm going to get specific today. But, yeah, I have my float tube class, and we went to trial lake. And I always pick a small lake first in case the wind blows my students to the other side. They can walk back. Yeah. I don't have to go far to get them. But, look, as soon as we got there, and I told her the weather might be this way, and it was. I was rigging, and it started to snow. And by the time I got on the water, it was fully coming down. But I already had students with eight fish. They were squawking. They all do when they catch fish. We keep posting what everybody's doing. We caught a lot of fish, too. The the snow was so thick that literally I couldn't see all my students. There was just too much snow. And it kind of, you know, alarmed me a little bit. I wanted them close to me because it's, you know, particularly dangerous if you go in. But the fishing was phenomenal. I think I fished. Well, collectively, we only fished an hour and a half because it was so cold. But we had, you know, 
18s, 16s, 15s, 13s. We all caught a lot of fish. Wow. Literally, I had my first fish maybe 30 seconds into the lake. And the, arguably the biggest fish I've ever caught in Trial Lake. But we almost mostly got rainbows and tigers. And they were just sick as thieves. Um, everybody was catching fish so much that the, the weather was not on their mind. But it was a blizzard, there's no question. And we're going out again this weekend, and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll talk about that. But, look, I'm, you know, everybody knows I'm retiring and my fly fishing classes are ending. My wife always says that I'll want to keep doing it. Well, she might be right here. I had so much fun. I mean, it's the people, Tim. Just the people in the group are just a blast. Breakfast is as fun as fishing. So I'm I'm going to commit here to do one in the spring as well, another flow two class. Um, you know, I got a fly tying class that's pretty sold out. I'm doing one beginning class because I need to film it for my online class. That's the hard thing is beginning classes. But these flow two classes are just fun. Uh, I could do those until I get too old, and I'll do the radio. Like everybody says, how long am I going to do the radio with you? I'll do it until you quit. So yeah. anyway, so what does it take to flow tube, right? If it says flow tube, pontoon, which is better? Well, they both have advantages. If you're going to do a lot of hiking into lakes, you need a flow tube. Um, if you're going to float rivers eventually, which is the best thing you could do with a fly rod in my mind, you're going to need a pontoon. But both are going to work. You need a pair of fins. I know as, as people get older, they get motors. I still kick. I, I enjoy what it does to my core. And uh, I've been doing it so long, it's not a problem for me. But what you need is sinking line. And a lot of people say, do I need sink tip? No, you want full sinking line. And it comes one to six as far as sink rates. And I like to fish in a lake in the spring and the fall. I don't do it so much in the summer, although it's a great way to fish in the summer because the rivers are not going to work. It's too hot. Down on the bottom of that lake, all the fish are congregating. So most people do fish summer with a flow tube, but I like spring and fall. And I like a three sink right in the middle of the sink rates. When you're fishing in the summer, you want a five or a six sink. But you just throw it out there, kick back, make your line be tight, and then pinch your line, as they say, just so you can detect strikes. These fish were hitting it on the drop like crazy. Fish hit it on the drop. They like that. Sometimes I'll kick and then stop just so it drops, and boom, I get a hit. But you just strip it in between your fingers, the line, little by little, and you offer a kick. And, you know, you increase your kick and slow your kick based on the wind. But the fish just hit it. They hit it like a ton of bricks. There's no question you get a strike. And then if you're good at setting it, and the, and on the river I tell you, to, you know, you set them with your rod, but you don't set them with your rod on a lake. You just, you know, jerk the line. You hook them with the line. And um, it's a blast because you're in a fighting chair. The fish will go right, left, and you just turn your boat accordingly, and it's a whole lot of fun. Yeah. And there's a whole lot of people who do it, and and there is a group of fly fishermen that only fish pontoon or, or lake fishing because of the arduous nature of navigating a river. It's just dangerous when we get older. Walking sticks sometimes inadequate. We go down. Uh, it doesn't take a lot out of you. You're just sitting in a chair like you are at home with a remote control. So, is there a depth range that uh, a three of a of a sinking line will take you? Say that again. Is there a depth range that the three you were talking about sinking line yeah, three? Yeah, I get is you, there yeah. a depth range where that takes you? No. Eventually, they all end at the bottom. Okay, but what it does is it slows the sink, so you're in the range that you're targeting longer. So 
a, a one sink or a two sink barely goes under the water. But if you held it there for a half hour, it eventually get to the bottom. I got you. But it goes really slow. And the three sink, which I fish, puts this between 8 and 15 feet, which is right where they are right now. Nice. All right, that was going to be my next question. I wouldn't think you'd have to go too deep with the temperature of the water the way it is, and they're hungry. They're hungry as they get ready to store up for the winter months. All right. Glad you had a great day, and it sounds like you've got another one lined up this week. The weather should be much better for you uh, as this interview airs. More sunshine, a little bit warmer than it was last week. We've got to take a break. We'll do that. Uh, ABC News at the top of the hour and on the other side. Looking forward to talking with Robbie Edgel about this habitat restoration that's uh, a uh, multi-agency treatment of wildfire fuels. We'll let him explain what that's all about and uh, have more for you coming up. Hour number two of KSL Outdoors Radio, right around the corner. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.